And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the planet, he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. You know, we can't forget that uh, it was also uh, it was announced uh, yesterday, I think it was somebody in New Hampshire, uh, says that Chris Christie will also be announcing oh, that he's oh. running. And Larry Elder is also in, in it, too. Why, hello there, but, Chris Christie. But, I forgot you were there. Yeah. <laughs> you may go now. <laughs> Leave the gun. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, Val Kilmer. It's I just, <laughs> I just only I, because Chris Christie said recently that he'll be the nominee. Yes, he did. You know, we were talking about DeSantis announcing next week and, and what the fight was going to be. And then I just started scanning the top of the hour. And the, the number one uh, story on Fox is Tim Scott's going to spend $6 million on just before Iowa and New Hampshire, mm-hmm. just in Iowa and New Hampshire, six million. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be fascinating. I think. Look, I think you had it when DeSantis announces next week. What's the fundraising going to look like? And two weeks later, what are the polling numbers going to look like? I don't think DeSantis can announce and then disappear. No. 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 Well, and the thing about you know being a current governor is that uh he likely won't um but in terms of the campaign uh you know he's going to have to be very very busy uh the it'll be the summer of fundraising the summer of money um because <laughs> it, it you you do have to i mean he's already courting the the donors we know that trump has already been doing that uh he did that in new hampshire and North or South Carolina, uh, a few months ago. And now, at the beginning of this year, Trump had a war chest of, 
$120 million, roughly. I don't know what of that is left, but I would have to say most of it probably. Um, and that's a really good head start. But it's a really bad place to be in if the money isn't flowing in your direction except for grassroots from that point forward. If the money is drying up, you'll blow through that $120 million, uh fairly quickly. You're going to need... Most estimates, uh, close to 10 times that amount to get to the White House, ultimately. But to get to the primary, you're going to need, probably going to need about half of it, Mm -hmm. uh, or half a billion. Um, And uh, so you, so five times that amount. And, you know, that's where it makes a difference. Uh, And that's what you do. You build that war chest now, and then you put those ads in. You know, uh, in this third quarter or the uh, fourth quarter, rather, of this year, uh, gearing up for those actual state elections during the GOP primary. Uh, Don't know about DeSantis and what he might be able to use, what he's got available to him now and what he might be able to use. But ultimately, you look at that flow of money, regardless of how big the war chest is for either of them. At this point, um, it's it's great to have a good a head start, but it's also imperative that you have that flow of money from those major donors along the way. Well, from what I know, the last I know, they, they, the plan was to move uh, a lot of the campaign money he had for governor and legally move it to president, which was yeah. over 40,000 or excuse me, 40,000, 40 million, 40,000. Good God. Yeah, that won't 40, get you much. 40, that won't get you two TV stations in Tallahassee. <laughs> the, the, the only way $40,000 is significant is if the Russians use it to run ads on Facebook. That's right. And then Democrats and then it, claim that the yeah. entire sky is falling. Exactly. Other that than it, that, 40000 40, is nothing. Right. It's, yeah. Apparently, uh, according to Democrats, you can control uh, the entire election with hundred grand on Facebook. And that type of election interference is just reprehensible and needs to stop and is the end of democracy. But what uh, the FBI and Hillary Clinton did, that's nothing. That's nothing. Nothing to see. That's nothing to see. It's it's nothing. It didn't happen. Nothing happened. So uh, in, uh, I guess, the only other political news out there, and I sort of just went, okay, uh, was uh, the uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. campaign announcing that Dennis Kucinich, former (laughs) representative from Ohio and... Uh, Democratic candidate for the presidency in 2008. Mm-hmm. And the thing I remember about that of Kucinich, mm-hmm. the only thing I remember about that was Johnny Resnick from the Goo Goo Dolls endorsed him. All right. Well, as a campaign manager or as a... <laughs> <laughs> no, as the president, as, as his presidential choice back in... Uh, well, in in uh, in yeah. two thousand eight, that's yeah. that's the only thing I really can remember about Kucinich from that from uh, from two thousand eight. There wasn't really much more of that. Well, I mean, <laughs> my question would be: You bring in Kucinich, wouldn't you want somebody who's been successful? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, 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 that the the only thing that's making it interesting is mm. the the story out yesterday mm. the democrats are searching uh for ways to get the president uh on the new hampshire ballot after he pushed for changes 
to the nominating uh, uh, calendar. Top Democrats are scrambling for ways to avoid a catastrophe in New Hampshire in which Joe Biden may not appear on the primary ballot, (laughs) seating the first unofficial contest of 2024 to a fringe candidate. The bizarre predicament is one of the president's own making after he pushed for changes to the party's presidential nomination calendar that stripped New Hampshire of its first-in-the-nation primary. Uh, The move was designed to reward South Carolina, which is really started the Biden win in 2020 you yeah, know, in, right. in, in the, the primaries there. Now Democrats are searching for an off-ramp with a June deadline looming for New Hampshire uh, to make progress on, on changing its law or get kicked out of the official early voting lineup. Democratic National Committee members are privately considering giving the state more time. If there's any opportunity for this to get resolved by New Hampshire having more time, all of us will say give New Hampshire more time. But from what they they get, uh, New Hampshire um, uh, New Hampshire Democrats furious that the national party leaders upended their prize primary don't seem to care what the DNC has to offer. They insist they're going first, whether Biden's on the ballot or not. And that's the whole thing. Well, we're not going to put Biden on the ballot. Fine, we're going forward with it anyway, and you'll you'll lose. And but and so there's. You, this you talk about a liberal circular firing squad. Oh yeah, this is just huge right there. And they said, "Look, uh, New Hampshire law dictates we have to be the first. Oh. And so if you move yours up, we if you move yours up, we move ours up. Right. And so we're going to be the first. And Democrats in New Hampshire feel betrayed by all of this. And they're like, yeah, but the Republicans have so much control anyway. We can't, we're not going to change the law. Well, so we're going to do this. And now Democrats are in a bind." Because it's an embarrassment yeah. if New Hampshire, if Biden's in New Hampshire, because he was one that pushed it and the DNC pushed it, and then they would have to basically cave and go, okay, New Hampshire's it, right. or just mm-hmm. reject it and Biden's not going to be in it, and the New Hampshire primary will all be about Marianne Williamson and Robert Kennedy Jr. Yeah. Thing is, Biden, there isn't going to be any debates. So no, no, there's they're not going to have any debates. Everybody, everybody, the media will the media is already sick of Marianne Williamson. Yeah. Have you seen her anywhere in the last couple of weeks? No, no. No, I was, you know, I was reading the story on Kucinich and Fox News, you know, brought in Marianne Williamson to talk basically about, you know, those challenging Biden. And oh, she was in that. Okay, good. She got some. Okay, I didn't see that. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. the, (laughs) the, The most. News she's gotten is from Fox, Fox. News, uh, but, <laughs> which really me. doesn't help her campaign at all. Well, and I'm not look. I'm not a qualified campaign advisor or uh, advisor to any political party. But here's what I would say to the Democrats: If you want to move New Hampshire's primary, you probably should start by talking to New Hampshire. <laughs> But it's not going to be the media really isn't going to cover, you know, now they give a little bit, you know, to. But as you mentioned, Fox mm. uh, probably uh, has given more time uh, to a Robert Kennedy Jr. or a uh, Marion Williamson. No, than, actually, you than probably you would, MSNBC. That's what has. I've seen. I yeah. and social media, too. Uh, there are a number of people that have uh, posted things on RFK and. And his positions, but uh, RFK Jr. 
and and his positions on things and some clips and everything. And I thought, you know, he's not getting any attention from the liberal media at all. And I think a couple of stories yesterday outside of the Kucinich thing on RFK Jr. were on Fox News. And so I thought, okay, well, look, um, well, the story, first story I saw on Kucinich was a Fox News story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember my, where I saw the first one, but one of the first definitely was on Fox News. And uh, there was talk about him yesterday, somebody commenting basically to the effect of, look, he he doesn't care. He's just going to lay it out there. And, well, number one, when you're primarying, when you're going to primary against a a sitting president, then you do have to, you got to lob everything at it. You got to, you've got to tell, you got to, you got to tell everybody everything, what, what your positions are, what the party is doing wrong and, and everything else. I mean, there's a reason that you believe you need to uh, come in and, and be the guy and, and not the, the incumbent let, let me ask you this because – and it really doesn't matter with Kennedy because he's not going anywhere. But it's just mm-hmm. just a question I have. Uh, he, My first thought when, when he picked Kucinich was, hmm, but he's a, he's a whacked-out liberal. Yeah. You know, that's how I view him. I mean, sorry, that's how I view him. He's a whacked-out liberal. I remember 2008. He didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. They even like, eh, whatever. Well, am I wrong on this to say that if you are trying to position – this may be the first time I've ever used this this combination of words in my life. Mm-hmm. But it seems to me that originally, or what we have seen from Robert Kennedy, he sort of is not trying to brand himself as a progressive, but more of a Democrat populist. Am I wrong oh, on no, that? No, no, that make, no, no. Okay. That's what I gather from it. Okay. And so I, I could for, be wrong, but but actually... It, because the traditional kind of Democrat things of keeping jobs here in yeah. America, yeah. having highly, you know, being very highly suspicious of the federal government. Yeah. Which, which, and so I've sort of viewed him as, okay, the image he's trying to throw out is more of a Democrat populist, keep the, the Democrats from leaving. And that's why, you know, he has double figures is because there is a portion of Democrats that have looked at their party and said they've all gone crazy. But the interesting thing is, so we're going to pick the person who's not crazy, Robert Kennedy Jr. Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, there is humor to it, but he does the the brand does seem to be that what he's trying to promote is a Democrat populist. So picking Kucinich, who's an absolute progressive, I went. Doesn't that sort of blow what I think he was trying to do? Or? You know that, that that didn't even hit me since the announcement came across on Kucinich. Why go with why Kucinich? Yeah. I mean, there are a number of campaign uh, managers with experience that you could have picked. You know who would have made more sense? <laughs> Dick Morris. <laughs> yeah. No. No, actually, that would make perfect sense. I would be like, I, no, that would I make perfect it. sense. I mean. And, and he was promoting. Yeah. We, we wanted to get the most progressive. He's got credentials as a progressive. I'm like, but you're not promoting. He is. I mean, don't fool mm-hmm. yourself. Robert Kennedy right. Jr. is his far left. But he's. we're talking about how he's trying to brand himself. What is, yeah. What and, is, and with yeah. the, the COVID stuff and bringing jobs back to America, I'm like, oh. 
is he trying to be a Democrat populist? You know what would have blown up the Internet? If he announced yesterday that his new campaign manager is Michael Schellenberger. <laughs> now, Schellenberger wouldn't take it, I'm sure. No, but he's no. run for office. And, you know, this is because, that, because if we're talking about, you know, the it, how it fits within, you know, what he's trying to project. And he announced Schellenberger. That would have blown up the Internet. You know, you just made me think of something that we'll talk about next. Mm. Okay. 866-90-RED-EYE. Food shoppers looking to buy meat in 2024 may find a little bit less of it available. Total meat production, we're forecasting to be down about 1.2 billion pounds from the current year, from 2023. About a 1% decline, but USDA Outlook Chairman Mark Chekanowski says that production's almost entirely due to reductions in beef output. Beef production, uh, we have forecast to decline just about 2.2 billion pounds. About an 8% decline as cattle numbers continue low because so many cattle were marketed months and months ago because of drought and high feed prices. Also now, many producers are sending fewer of their heifers to slaughter, keeping more for breeding in order to eventually rebuild the beef herd. Until that happens, Mark Jekinowski says, steer prices next year could hit record highs because of both low beef and cattle supplies. And continued relatively strong demand. This is Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed. Brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. Bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Red Eye Radio, he's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, you just you sparked a thought in my head. The thought is incomplete. Okay, but but, uh, the, but it may be at the at the end of all of this. At least the question would be: you know, you mentioned when you said you were expecting, you would have said no. It would have been no, you were expecting. It would have been something if all of a sudden 
the campaign manager that Robert Kennedy announced would be Michael Schellenberger. (laughs) And I just went, and I just went, whoa. And you made me think of something because we had read earlier Michael Schellenberger's piece yesterday about the whistleblowers. Yeah. Think about this. What what's going on when you think about a Michael Schellenberger? And Michael Schellenberger was part people don't know uh, part of the Twitter files mm-hmm. that Elon Musk put in. But you think of Elon Musk, you think of Michael Schellenberger, you think of Matt Taibbi, who was also part of the Twitter files. Mm-hmm. You think of Barry Weiss. Mm-hmm. Um, who else can we put? Uh, Jonathan Turley. Yeah, I was going to say Turley. Turley, uh, maybe even Dershowitz, even though Dershowitz is still uh, is you know so bragging about how he will still always vote Democrat. Mm-hmm. But you know all of them. I mean, he wrote the book. I mean, he wrote the book Get Trump. I mean, it's, and you, how do mm-hmm. I know that? Because every interview he promotes it eighty times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact is, they all have the same message. They're scared of hell as, at the Democratic Party. Yeah, they are. All, all everything that they see, all the abuses that they view our constitutional abuses, the censoring from Democrats, they obje- they're they still, they're all liberals. Mm-hmm. They're not against liberalism. They're against the Democratic Party, who they believe has completely abandoned uh, liberalism and has gone to fascism. Yeah, right. And they represent... Because they don't stand alone. You want, you know, they've all come out. I mean, it's been clear where they stand. They stand for the free press. They mm-hmm. don't want to censor. Mm-hmm. They they believe we can promote and we can win. I don't need to censor any conservative. I don't need to censor any libertarian. I don't need to censor any liberal. Let them right. all speak, and we'll decide which is the best way to go. Right. They represent, I believe, a growing number of Democrats. But where do those Democrats go? So when you said when you said Michael Schellenberger, that was my thought. I went, well, where do these? And the reason I said that is because I'm thinking in the back of my mind, would RFK Jr. run as an independent? I think he wouldn't be afraid of doing it, but would he actually do that? Does he believe there's enough support? You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley. My point was not about Robert Kennedy Jr. It was about where the Democratic Party is going, though, with the whole mm-hmm. Schellenberger thing. And when you look at and that's why I brought up uh, Elon Musk, Schellenberger, Matt Taibbi, Barry Weiss, all you know, uh, 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 Jonathan Turley uh, and Dershowitz, just using them. And there's more out there, but I'm just using them as an example. But th- these are all people that are scared of the Democratic Party. They're all liberals. They've been loyal liberals their entire life. They've never embraced conservatism. Now they're all demonized by the Democratic Party as being traitors. I th- they're scared to death because they're not rejecting l- traditional liberalism they're rejecting, they believe the Democratic Party has gone from being a liberal party to a fascist party. And these are Democrats. And I guess my point is, that's one of the big wild cards, I think, for future elections, is as the Democratic Party solidifies, uh, 
behind the fact that we are going to promote things that are insane. We're going to promote censoring. We're going to attack freedom of the press. We're going to attack freedom of religion. We're going to attack the Constitution. We wish to censor people that disagree with us. We will demonize and destroy anybody's life life for our absolute delusional thoughts out there that the people I just mentioned that are people in positions of media power have completely rejected it. How much of the Democratic base do they represent? Because five years ago, six years ago, 10 years ago, they were all loyal members of the Democratic Party. And I just wonder, you know, when we see the change, if you look at the Republican Party, for example, the Republican Party is not split on the issues. Yeah. Trump basically thinks like DeSantis. Mm-hmm. DeSantis basically thinks like Trump. Mm-hmm. Both of them basically think like Mike Pence. Basically think like uh, 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 Chris Christie or Larry Elder. But the Democratic Party on the issues has become warped. They've become so warped, but the party itself has become com- unified on insane positions on the issues but you see the voters and even people in the media people of power you know that in the democratic party for a long time that have completely rejected it i'll use another one a joe rogan Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know for that joe rogan who just how long ago was it i'm a loyal bernie sanders supporter (laughs) my god (laughs) yeah it's not that long ago and now they're looking at everything and and that's why i bill bill maher yeah that's why I, I I bring up the idea of uh, RFK Jr. if he would ever run as an independent. And it's not about RFK Jr. It is about, does anybody believe now, Andrew Yang and his party notwithstanding, but does anybody actually truly believe that they can lead those uh disenfranchised democrats rank and file away from the party in a big way that's a huge thing to do by the way it's mm-hmm. you know it's dershowitz well he points out everything you know that's illogical by about the democrats but he's still a democrat and will always he says he pledges to always be a democrat but so rfk junior i don't have any doubt that he wouldn't have a problem doing it but in doing that, you're either you either believe uh, that you can make a, some noise and that you really you understand you're probably not going to win, or that you believe you can demonstrate something in a big way, even if you don't win, and that is a big enough movement away from the party. But again, that requires each of those rank and file within the party that are just fed up with the party to make that decision because you. The question is, where do they go? Well, are they going to vote Republican? Many of them probably not yet. And that's on the GOP for not getting their messaging together for a number of years. They could have done that. They could have made better appeals along the way, I believe, uh, in in conservative values, but also, you know, just talk about how the economy works. And we've done this for years, and we've talked about how the GOP needs to do more of that. But... Uh, there. I don't think the rank and file within the Democratic Party is ready to uh, 
abandon the part. Well, they're not ready to jump ship to the other party. They may be willing to stay home, and that will also sway elections. But I, I, I just, I do wonder where do they go. No, they're they're not going to Robert Kennedy. He's no, well known. I don't. He's a well known. He's about him. Yeah, he's a well known whacked out liberal who, uh, again, had you know, uh, has taken a couple of populist positions. To, to the general public just in the last couple of months. Yeah, and it's, again, but, it's not about him, no, but, but sp- I, specifically, right, it's but about I, can anybody draw right, them or but, anything draw them out, I, out of the party? But what I think you did bring up there that, that, uh, adds into where I was headed was where you said the other parties. Mm-hmm. Because if you, uh, the no labels party and what's the other one? The forward party. The forward yeah. party and the, and the no labels party. Democrats are scared to death of them. Republicans aren't because really they're liberals. Even oh, yeah. if they have a Republican in there, they're yeah. moderate liberals. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see there's no conservatives in those particular parties saying we need to have. And as you notice, they don't really take any positions. I think those are may are. are is that the beginning of what you of of the of the movement that you see? Because if you've got the you know, the six people I mentioned Taibbi, Schellenberger, uh, uh, Barry Weiss, yeah. uh, Jonathan Turley, uh, Dershowitz, and Elon Musk, Joe Rogan, Bill Maher. You know they're scared to death with the fascism that's coming out of the Democratic Party. Their views are not really different on what the traditional liberalism is, but they don't buy into critical race theory. They don't right. buy in. You know they they don't buy into. Well, Bill Maher might a little bit. He claims he doesn't, but he wasn't complaining when. Uh, they were demonizing conservative blacks and mm. calling, you know, conservative blacks, uh, you know, not truly black. Uh, but he's you can see the evolution on him on a variety of different issues where he views the the, the Democrats as nuts. Mm. I mean, it's just crazy. Are these parties the beginning of the splintering of the of the party? Because I always thought that the Democratic Party would moderate because they had to on a necessity. They don't think they can, but what they're hanging on to is the fact that people won't vote for Trump. Right. That's what that right. their whole their whole political lives are based right now on that Trump will win and we can beat Trump and then we can win the Senate and the House. But long term, they cannot win because they cannot win on the issues because these people cycle in and out and they're gone. And eventually your party represents the issues and they cannot win long term on the insanity that they're promoting. Well, it's gotten back to, and you and I kind of, you know, dismissed this and set it aside because we 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 see it. It's it, it is cyclical. It, it does happen uh, ever ever so often. You see from a lot of these individuals, and you you mentioned the um, Andrew Yang's party and and others where they don't take positions. Why is it that they're actually doing that? Because what they hear from people, including Joe Rogan, is, look, we can have, we can meet in the middle. Uh, You and I, when we hear those words, everybody meet in the middle. No, that always ends up being people on the right moving further left. It's never not the case. But, but, politically, if you're trying to start a new party... Or if you're just, you know, trying to make some noise as a liberal and set yourself apart, that's what people right now are tuning into. That's what they're responding to. And it is 
We don't like the Biden stuff. We don't like the crazy liberal left stuff. We don't like Trump. We don't like, you know, the far right or whatever. And this is it. Now, there's nothing there. There is nothing there because they're not taking any stances on issues. But they're okay with being in that life raft for the moment. And But now, again, they're not going to vote that way. It's just the individuals that are part oh. of that believe people are responding to that. I don't believe they respond to it to the effect of voting that way. But how long before they do? Well, now you made me think about the Republicans. <laughs> By the way, this would be just wherever our minds drift Friday. <laughs> right, right. No, but it's just it's I think it's just a continuing conversation that we will we will have, you know, for the next yeah. couple of years. Yeah. But you when you just, you know, talked about the fact of, you know, the independent or populist out there, I can't vote for the Republicans because they're, you know, they're too right wing, but I don't know about the Democrats, and so you're in that they're in that middle. But when you think about it, there isn't an issue where the Republicans are really insane on. Right. There isn't one. Right. right. On the actual issues, but it's the imagery. Yeah. Trump is viewed as a as a right winger nationalist, right? Right, right. Whatever whatever that means. People yeah. will define that in certain ways. But Trump is Trump isn't right wing. No. On the issues, Trump isn't really right wing. He's mainstream. And he's mainstream. He's a moderate. He's always been a moderate on the issues. Now, he's been very strong on the things that Americans want to do, and that made him right wing. But on the issues, he's not what you would view as a right winger. And is when, we, when you look at DeSantis, DeSantis is promoting the exact same things that Trump is. Yeah. The tone is different. The selling is different. Yeah. And he succeeded in doing it. Why? Because people viewed it. If you explain, and that's why we said communications, and I know you're probably sick of us saying it for years upon years upon years, communication matters. How you communicate the idea matters. People will turn you off if the tone is wrong. You can, you can be talking the, 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 most clear morality and if your tone and word selection is not right people will reject something that they believe in 100 percent. we've seen it yeah right so you've got to communicate it effectively and i believe that's when you look at where the republican party is there is no difference between trump and desantis really i mean there may be a couple of the issues you know the whole but everyone every time they try to bring it up you know, for example, on the whole, you know, the whole Trump going after uh, DeSantis on Social Security and Medicare, it's like, um, Trump, you you called for the same thing a few years ago. Right. So that was a wash that went nowhere. Right, right. And he basically has dropped that. He may try to bring it back, but it didn't work the first time. Right. But they mainly agree. The difference is how you communicate the message. Yeah, I, it is. It is. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. Uh, but I, but I do think that because the sensibilities have changed and everything was taken to such a, you know, high level in the media in terms of all the chatter, constant chatter, constant, 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 constant. Mm-hmm. I think that is on, 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 on both fronts here that we've talked about is why you get an Andrew Yang appealing to people, even though if you break it down to the issues, he's going to be far left. And would have to go where the activists on the left want him to go. I mean, if you put it into effect, but talking just simply communications, 
That's why I think a lot of people on the right look at DeSantis and go, yeah, okay. And then they look at a, you know, whoever it might be. I I, I say Andrew Yank, but I I mean, anybody else that's basically uh, talking and not using that same tone that we have heard for years. Mm -hmm. And I think those are the people that, you know, I mean, they may not make a lot of noise and they may not win an election on Andrew Yang. But he's in the media all the time. So what is the appeal? Well, the appeal is probably for those people that are on the left going, look, just change the tone. Do something. Tone it down. I think that's why they're looking at the governor, the current governor of uh, California, Gavin Newsom. And we'll see if that takes shape. Yeah, but Yang, his $1,000 a month is now viewed as cruel and inhuman because it wasn't nearly enough. Exactly. (laughs) It's conservative by comparison. He's a right winger now. From when he started, (laughs) right. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. Phew. He's Eric. I'm Gary. So apparently, oh, the so- high-speed chase on Megan and oh, Harry geez. didn't happen. Yeah, like the paparazzi was walking. <laughs> well, when the mayor came out, okay, so for those who don't know, Harry and Megan claimed that there was a two-hour high-speed chase in New York City Tuesday night. On Wednesday, Mayor Adams is saying, I would be shocked. Now, if it... If, if this kind of activity is going on, it's wrong. We, we can't do that. It's it's unsafe for the paparazzi to do that. And But I would be shocked if a two-hour high-speed chase took place with plenty of uh, policing experience himself. And then the media tore it apart. And then the cab driver's like, no, there was never really a threat. And they had NYPD detectives, too that were working security with them, but it was not what they made it out to be. Wow. (laughs) This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.